podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're all whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, don't take it seriously. We're all debugging. <laughs> Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblowers, a somewhat unusual Whistleblowers, not least of which there's only one guest, but he's a very special guest. Not only a very special guest, he's in his cab and he's pulled over to have a chat with us this very evening about football as it is today and football during his lifetime as a player and indeed a manager. Mr. John Sitton, good evening to you, sir. Evening. All right, Muggy, how you doing? All right. Oh, very well indeed. Well, so, listen, we were meant to be gathered together as one in Old Street, but you took a fare, didn't you? And it, and it, it went the wrong way. Yeah, needs must, mate. I can't, I can't refuse a pound note in this climate. You know what I mean? I come down, I come down here, it's carnage because of the London Fashion Week. And, yeah. like, you know, I sound like a, a stereotypical cabbie, but I've got to be honest with you, like, They've, they've ruined the gaff. Like, this TFL turnout, they've widened the pavement outside Somerset House, so instead of four lanes, you've got two. And then oh. 50 yards away, they decided to put London Fashion Week on the firm. Right? They've got uh, TFL uh, officers down there, for, what they call it, with the traffic. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah, back to the future. I've got, got I've, these pieces. I've got I was with you though, John. I mean, if there's a fashion week down there, why I'm not there is beyond my comprehension. But you know, I, I, I suppose they'll invite me to the next one. That's yeah, no, I was expecting. I was expecting to see you there. I've done, I've done a bit. I've done. I've done a bit before I started work. You know, but with me hooded top and me trying me trainers and me. I've got me dark glasses out. I've got you know. I'm I can a, picture you now. I can picture yeah. you now. Hey, listen, as we speak, I'm a little. I'm. I'm. I'm somewhat. This is going to be an old story by the time people hear this. But th- I think it's. It's a pertinent one because obviously last night Sutton Arsenal was was a lovely moment in in the kind of in the way that FA Cups I, I don't know how people think they should be or how people think they were and then poor old Wayne Shaw walks out the big boy walks out shoves a pasty in his face and then he gets dogs abuse for it because of what may or may not be some betting abuse. I think it's really trivial. What's your take on it? I'll be I'll be honest with you. He's um, he's one of them. Like he, he said the day on the thing when they when they called him today, and he said like the game was over. He said the subs were on. He said like, and I started to feel a bit light headed. You know what I mean? So with all he, yeah, yeah. So we've all been there. But I got I heard the thing the day before because I was offering eight to one on odds that he'd eat a pie. Yeah. So I, I think there's been a coup there somewhere, but we'll wait and see. You I wonder, here. and the bit we don't know as we speak, is whether a pasty is a pie, in the same way if a Jaffa cake is a biscuit or a cake. See, this no, this millions riding on this one, John. Yeah, I'm not having it. It's not a biscuit, is it? No, I mean, it, 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 no, it's not well, a, it ain't a biscuit. Right, so it, it's, it's a it's a squash, a very squash cake. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a very squash cake. I'm not having it. It's a biscuit. I've, you know also, what I mean? I've also been very uncomfortable with chocolate and orange together all of my life. It's never, it's never, they've never worked in my in, in each other's company for me. And also, as I say, is a pasty a pie. But listen, there's probably biggest things to worry about. I want to, I want to just walk you back through your career and talk about a few of the teams in in context of. Uh, of today as well not least of which we'll start with you um, I I didn't know this one Arsenal Youth it's, it, it, you joined the Arsenal Youth team 72 
That's not a bad time, or is it? You tell us to join yeah. the double double winning football club. How does that work? I was brought up. I was brought up as an Arsenal supporter. My old man was out of Queens. I remember as a kid, like literally five or six, watching um, match of the day when we was done. Uh, we used to have our holiday like first couple of weeks of August or, or last last week of July, first week of August. We always used to go off the beach onto the pier at Walton on Nays. Then across the road there was a little boozer and had a family room. And I remember watching it like grainy black and white and yeah. the noise and uh, you know matching it down. I said to me dad, dad, can we go? Can you take me football? Look at that. I've got to want to go football. He said, oh, I'll take you to football. He said, but on one condition, we only go to the Arsenal. So we was there, we was basically there every home game on the North Bank, right? But uh, that's because he was out of Kentish Town. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, the, the, the bottom line, further down, like further down after getting cracking on at school and what have you, um, uh, there was a little porky told about my age because there was all fourteen year old kids and all that, and uh, <laughs> I was only I was only twelve, nineteen seventy two. I was only twelve. Was you a big so, twelve, John? Big twelve. Uh, I, I was, I mean, like, I was, uh, even at 12, I suppose I was, like, a little bit, a couple of years in, in front of myself. Yeah. So I managed to get away with it, but then I got that Osgood Slatters, uh, which is, like, a, like a growth spurt type week oh, and, you know, God. debilitating thing. Anyway, like, after a year, they said, like, you know, not for us. And then within another year, they were one of nine clubs that wanted me to sign schoolboy and then sign apprentice for him. Yeah. But I'd already, I'd already made my choice, which, which was to go to Chelsea in 74 and uh, fell in love with the place um, under the likes of uh, Dave Sexton and uh, Dario Grady, Ken Chilato. Yeah. Um, and then later on, Eddie Mack. And uh, I was there for six years till 1980. Then I fell out with... Uh, Jet Burst and Bobby Gould, which is unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay, we won't start the list of those blokes, obviously, that's right. Which, and of course, in a weird way, if people listen to this, going like Bobby Gould and Jeff Hurst at Chelsea, another story yeah. entirely. The Chelsea story is an interesting one. You were there, again, obviously, that, that, was, that, was, a good, that was a big Chelsea, and Chelsea had gone up and down and around and about over the years. Have you got any problem in the modern game in the way that Chelsea... First of all, did their business and are kind of maintaining the way they do business. They, they are like the the leading light of the modern football club, aren't they? I've got, I'll be honest, I've got no problem at all. I mean, he started off, uh, Mr. Abramovich started off as, as, a, as a benefactor, a very generous benefactor, because obviously no good being associated with a club and being their chairman unless, like, they, you know, they, you're going to look to have some success. Yeah. He obviously has. Um, I think it helped like their, their situation, you know, or initially it did, the location of the place. Um, but, you know, for the last few years, it probably doesn't get as much publicity, but the fact that he wants to run it on a, on a cost-effective, self-sufficient basis. Yes, you, that's absolutely um, right. People, I mean, I know, it, that, it, was, this, the, was the problem always the fact that he, was, he happened to be the first to cross the line with the big bucks? Because there's nothing new in that story, is there? Well, I'm pretty sure there'd be a few clubs, um, they all coat him off, but given the opportunity, yeah. you know, um, even some of the clubs that have gone down, like you, you, massive clubs up north, like Newcastle, Leeds, these type of places. Yeah. But then if you stick to the Premier League, you know, you've got like, you, you want to a sniffing round about it, like sort of Everton on the periphery of the top top five or six. I'm pretty sure if they had uh, someone come in and throw X amount at it, you know, It'd be interesting to see, like, whether they've sort of semi-balanced the books or not. Um, I'm pretty sure they've 
they've called near enough for as much money in as, as they've laid out. Yeah. And they've got they've got the pots to show for it. The only thing that ain't changed is, is when I was there in the 70s, 74 to 1980, I had seven seven managers in six seasons. <laughs> True, isn't so, it? Everyone yeah. thinks that's a modern phenomenon, don't they? That... No, there's, no, there's no change, really. No. Um, yeah, I mean, like Eddie Mack, when, when he, he, he got promotion, Eddie Mack, he, um, I think he had a row over a car. Um, you Get know, out. I was a good one, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, well, it was a jag, I think. The way the bridge looks now, Mark, it's a, it's a, it's a long, long, long way yeah. now from, uh, from, from uh, how it was when I was there. Still yeah, exactly the right. I mean the you shed, know I mean? you know, shed all over the gaff. But that's obviously that's that's from a West Ham man. So I'm not I'm not pushing that point. But the, what's interesting though, uh, John, is the fact that, and we saw it under uh, under Mourinho, is that what money doesn't buy you. And we can argue this about Man City to a certain extent with Guardiola now. What money doesn't buy you, it buys you a load of great players. It doesn't necessarily buy you a team. Is, do you think that's right? A fair comment. Um, uh, I think the further down you go as well. It's more about the coaching. When yeah. you're talking about the pinnacle of the game, you know it's it's about, I suppose, sort of putting the right sort of pieces of the jigsaw together. Then, um, and I think it's it, it's massive. Probably saying I couldn't handle because like I make the mistake of judging people by my own latter day standards. You know, it's about managing the egos and the bank accounts. The problem is, I think. You've got, and I'm going to be perfectly candid. Mm. Uh, it's the only way I know how to be. I just think there's too many average foreigners, you know, holding back English kids. Um, it, it, there's too many players who are basically writing checks for Lamborghinis and Bentleys that they can't cash. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and uh, that's, that's the bottom line with, with me. But when you're looking at those type of people, but that, I mean, having said that, I mean, it's when he first come in, Guardiola, I mean, I'll say good on him. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got slaughtered for it. You know, but he's come in. He said, like, you know, I don't want Humpty Dumpty running around in midfield. So he's gone like <laughs> he's gone like Toure and uh, the, the other, the French kid who's who's had it on his toes. Um, he, he, he's off them in, uh, to the reserves and said, yeah. liven yourself up, Very club close. legend Joe, Joe Hart, not my cup of tea." He says, "On you go." You know what I mean? This is it. Just, just very quick, we're going to take a small break now. Go after one of them lovely little green arts. Get yourself a cup of tea. We'll be back in thirty seconds. <laughs> Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no, that's that's the acting. From behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. Welcome back to Whistleblowers. Uh, John Sitton uh, is basically in his taxi, but holding court for us, which is the great news about him. We've just been talking about Chelsea. We'll talk about Man City a little bit later because I know that you had a little dabble up there as well in a sort of different context. But you, you had a you had a little go across the river at Millwall as well. Um, and yeah. you've got to... 
you've got to give credit to them. Not least of which is, how, do you did, did you feel a whole nation shudder? Not least of which in North London when Spurs and Millwall came out of the bag for the FA Cup draw. I know, listen, they carry a reputation before them, but this club punches up. This club just keeps going, doesn't it? It's so South London. I got well. Listen, I, first of all, I've got to say, right, that when I went there, um, I was made to feel really welcomed by Good. the manager, the players. And eventually the supporters, but I, rem- uh, I remember like I scored on my Eventually, own was it? <laughs> it's just, they take a, they, you had a warm, they had a warm to you today. Well, I, I, I'll be honest, I, it's one of them like you just, when I move on, I don't really look back. But, yeah. but it, it probably, it, when, where my book's concerned, because like, as you may know, um, I released a book just before last Christmas. Right. Uh, a little, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. But yes. I mean, I, I've got nothing but fantastic. I was out for about 18 months. Unbelievable memories, you know what I mean, of, of Millwall and the supporters. And I remember going through three 50-50s and winning them all. And it, it erupted. The old Denny erupted <laughs> like we won the European Cup, you know what I mean? Because that was Barry, basically like, iron three opposition players out. You had Bar- Barry Pitt at a backup, um, didn't you? The, the, Bar- the downside is, I mean, there was one geezer who had a pop at me, um, funny enough, for Barry Kitchener, yeah. the club legend, and uh, he stepped in um, after there was what you might call a little bit of a fracker. Yeah. Because uh, he weren't happy with the fact that I came from Chelsea. and um, But, you know, all's well that ends well. Good. Uh, he apologised the next day and I was accepted as one of them. Thanks. And I, I, there's, no way, there's no way on the face of the planet I can speak ill of them, the club, the feeling around the club, teammates. And uh, I, I've actually said it in my book. I, I repeated myself. Um, I, I said, if you, if you can't play for supporters like them, you should be playing the game. And this is why. I mean, you know, they, you know, nobody loves us and all that. You know, that's all. But I thought it was great that when there was that threat about their ground being taken from under them by, let's be honest, a load of cloak and dagger duplicity, loads of loads of bad blokes twirling their moustaches, thinking they were going to make a quick buck out of it. I think football rallied around them there, didn't it? Which I think is, is absolutely right. It's been, it's been fantastic. Uh, I actually jumped on the bandwagon when someone tweeted me and then I, I retweeted it to get some... Because, uh, listen, make no mistake about it, Right, Millwall could well be if it's allowed to happen. I know, I know there's still an undercurrent, and there's appeal, and then there's an appeal about the appeal. Yeah. You know, what I mean, all, all sorts of uh, litigation and nonsense. But the bottom line is, right, the club's got to be allowed to stay at the tent, um, yeah. at, at the new tent. Um, what people have got to realise is this could be in, in professional football in this country. This could be with the age of the franchise, um, or, or, or you know, like this valve sort of franchise sort of turnout. They could be the first of many, and, yeah. and, and it's a case of what's this space. So people have got to rally around and make sure and ensure that, uh, and guarantee it absolutely doesn't happen, so absolutely that right. can maintain their own identity. You know what I mean? Well, listen. I mean, possibly the the best example of that, and and this, uh, and, and as you say, read your book, and and, and people know the backstory. We, we won't talk about that now because there's a good reason why, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But you had you know, brilliant years over in East London at Orient. And I was delighted to see that um, um, that Frank Clark was was the man directly involved with you. I spent a lot of time working with him in Nottingham of, of recent years. And he's, he's held in great esteem as a, as a real gent. Was, the, he, he was, the, was he the man who brought you into Orient in, those, in the early days? Yes, I, I went from Millwall. Uh, the geezer that signed me at Millwall, yeah. George Petty, 
he um, his elf took a turn for the worse, and they got this muppet in from Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. He didn't have a clue what he was looking at. Peter Anderson, I said, I said, he looked like one of the Thunderbirds. I said, it might as well, it might as well be Sylvia Anderson. The guy, <laughs> he was, he was clueless. He, he didn't know English football. He'd been out wait, but he didn't know the English third division. Uh, but he knew the old chairman, Mel uh, Wolf from Luton, from his playing days well, at Luton. Funny that. He went to, yeah, he went to Belgium. Then he went to America. Then next thing you know, he can't, he comes and he. He says, I'm looking to change things around. This is after me, like being Millwall, one, one of Millwall's best players, yes. best defenders. And he brings um, a big geezer in called Sam Allardyce um, on 10 times my salary. Um, and I think it was something, it was, no, it's five times my salary and 10 times my signing on fee. And well, probably five, thought. and at least 18 yeah. times your moustache, I'm going to think. No, he, he had 10 times the head. <laughs> he had 10 times the and, and 15, 15 times the waist. <laughs> I thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to be Big John alongside Big Sam. Someone said to me, I said, no, nah, Big John alongside Fat Sam, I said, you know <laughs> what I mean? That's a mo- uh, mobile, mobile centre-half pair in there, eh? <laughs> yeah, it, was a che- it was a cheap shot. It was a yeah, cheap shot, because obviously right. me pride, me pride was hurt. <laughs> I went I went, to, I went to Gillingham, played That's under right. ex-Tolton. Uh, Keith Peacock, Keith Peacock. Keith Peacock. Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, and then 85, Frank bought me uh, over to the Orient. And uh, pleasure to work for. Let everyone me... everyone liked Frank, yeah. uh, except, except for the geezer at Brentford who he chinned up the tunnel. Did he really? <laughs> he's Because Frank Clark, I mean, people who don't know him, obviously, he, you know, he's, he's a, he's a not-in-the-forest legend, a Clough legend. The, yeah. the the mouldest man of man I think I've ever met played a bit of acoustic folk guitar. Yeah, right. He stuck one on a feather up a tunnel. No, yeah. To be fair, I mean Frank could be forgiven for it. It was a, a, a derby against Brentford. Uh, the boy at Palace now he went a diabolical tackle over the top on I think it was Stevie Castle in the centre circle. There was a bit of um, I was injured at, at the time, and there was a bit of a fracas. And I thought, I'd better make me way down to the tunnel, uh, you know, just to keep the boys apart. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden... Good lad, well uh, played, John. Yeah, peacekeeper. Yes. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, Frank barged past me and he, he, like he pinged uh, the Millen, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he could have ended Stevie's career. And like you say, one of the... One of the most mild mannered, very competitive, Frank. Wanted yes. to win, you know what I mean? As you know, like with the, with the European Cup with Forrest and all that. Under Cluffy, you know, um, always like a good professional, good trainer, uh, and then like he, he, he sort of like when he came to the O's, um, it was it was first of all it was under Ken Knighton and they didn't do it particularly well. But I yeah. think when when Frank got the reins himself, um, I think his abilities shone through because he he was a very very good man manager, Frank. Absolutely right. He definitely, he definitely knew how to kid me on it con- when, it, when it comes to renewing my contract. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? He's my, it's, the, it's that mild manner thing. It was, the, it, was the, it was the quiet approach. It worked very well. Listen, I, I, the, the Orient years, and uh, and again, and the reason I'm, I'm, I'm brushing over this is because, of course, you know, this is a massive chapter in your career, but it's also, of course, a massive chapter in the book, which, of course, is a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Is this... How's that gettable nowadays, John? What, what, what do people need to do to get hold of the book? Um, well, I've been, it's been reviewed uh, by numerous people. It's, yes. It, it, I've got to be honest, the feedback has been immense. Well, I mean, it's, I've, I've, it's, I've an honest, it's the of, most honest inside... One of the most honest inside football stories you could care to read. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it gives a background 
you know, days of yore. I mean, it, truth be told, if this is in synopsis form, I've got to be honest with you. Um, it, it, it talks about my early life, how I got into football and, and how I managed to eke a living out of it. But truth be told, I think in a lot of ways, football's re- regressed, you know? That's and interesting you should say that, yeah, but I mean, because <clears throat> you went on, I mean, so the, 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 we, obviously we don't have time to deal with that now, but you, you spent time as a Man City scout and you were there, um, uh, so, you, so you were looking at the young talent, you, 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 you were coaching, Had you, were, you, were you part of a changing game when you were doing that? Could you see the changes that were coming into that stage? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. mean, it, it, to be fair at the Orient, um, I mean, it could have been anything he wanted to a very talented guy there who worked under Frank. Uh, and everyone thought that when Frank went to Forest, he would take him with him. It was a guy called Bill Songhurst who had us in the, in the mid-80s. Into, um, and, and let's be honest with you, it's just it's just a lot of the same stuff regurgitated, you know what I mean? Really, because yeah. Arsene, yeah, Arsene Wenger's been like revered for the stuff that he bought. Uh, but knowing what I know, um, he's been revered for, for what he bought to the English game. But knowing what I know, Mel Mallison was doing the same thing in the late 60s, early 70s, oh, and well, then took it abroad with, yeah. you know, but Bill picked up the thread with regards to like diet and plyometrics and stretching programs. And uh, it was absolutely fantastic. And then like, he sowed the seed in me head about dipping into other sports. So, um, I mean, I was, I was at that sort of crossroads where it was the old culture Yes. Um, uh, management coaching culture coming into like basically the modern era. Yeah. So I, I was a bit juxtaposed with regards to um, how I dealt with certain things, you know, because I, uh, I, I, my mind's open to all sorts of stuff like that. But the bottom line is when it comes down to it, 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 it there's a couple of things I can't forgive. And, and, and one, one of them is like, it's not people not giving their all. Um, yeah. And if they've give, if they've give their all and it, it looks like the writing's on the wall, then capitulating. You know what I mean? It, for me, you've got to go to the end. Um, well, and look, I, and I, I didn't handle it. No, I, I get. It, and as I say, it's 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 a great story. Just quickly before we we, we part company, and I I let everyone know about the fact that there is a Q and A that you and I'll be doing. Let's go back to the start there. You mentioned Arsene Wenger there. You know, you were there at the Arsenal days all them years ago. Yeah. Is this a perfect example? You know, where do you stand with um, with, with Wenger as a manager, where he, where he is now? Does he go? Are, are, the, are the players offering him enough to justify his work? What, what's your feelings about Arsenal at this point? Uh, whatever I say, right? I can only say from my heart, and and I've always I've always talked honestly. I've They're talked straight, yeah. Um, you know, and and I fell in love with 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 Chelsea. I fell in love with Millwall. I could have gone to West Ham, and I'm an East End boy. Blah blah blah. But where's something like the Arsenal? As a general overview, looking at the game on the outside, looking in, what what I'd be concerned with, and and I don't I don't suppose he's you know if, all he's got to do is look. You know, get the ATM, put a card in, and check his bank balance. Don't worry too much about. But you know, like the, the, the what you might call his, his legacy. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like I'm being a clever clogs after the event and a bit of a, a smart aleck. And I promise you, I'm not. I promise you, I said it um, five or six years ago, and and ever since I've been on Twitter, I said it. It's a marriage of convenience, which yeah. I think lets the, lets the supporters down because, it, like he said, financially and and in terms of prestige. He said ages ago that fourth is, is counts as a trophy. Mm. So that tells you where they're at ambition wise. They got they needed to pay for the ground, which he which he did. Um it wasn't it wasn't like what you might call uh, radical or innovative. The fact that they had I mean I was going over there when I was a kid, sixty two thousand yeah. standing, right? But they had a thirty eight thousand capacity, they're trying to compete with 
the likes of Man United, double their capacity. Chelsea up in the early 40s, um, these type of clubs. So he said, we've got to sort the ground out. Well, that didn't take the brains of Lloyd George to suss that out. You know what I mean? But now once they got that paid for, um, I would. I mean, I think he falls into the category of maybe uh, playing it safe with regards to the people he deals with. Yeah. Um, see, a lot of youngsters... Um, you know, a lot, a lot of pros who who might be they haven't cracked it elsewhere. They're not what you what you might call massively high profile. Um, it would have been interesting to see. If, I mean, probably the the, the only two of the, the the ones, the most recent ones, which is Ozil, yeah, um, who, who's on his side, and unbelievable signing Sanchez. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, like when you look at the names bandied around, uh, you know, you could have him for sixty million, seventy million, eighty million, and we're talking about it now. Now, like it's chicken feed, I, I, I personally think it's obscene. Um, whether he'd have been able to, you know, handle one of those type of players, yeah. um, you know, I mean, look at what Ibrahimovic has done at United on a free. I don't, you know, he, but, he's, but, but he's, you know, the guy, he's, he's got, a, you know, the guy's got baggage. He's a throwback, yeah. isn't he? Exactly right. Listen. We could talk all night, but um, we have to stop, and you got to get some fares. you got to earn a living, and that's quite right, too. I want to point out the fact that, as I say, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing is the name of the book. Just go... You know, the real the real sits, we can find you at uh, on Twitter, of course, and yeah. if people go there, they can work out how they can get hold of the book. And I want I'll, to tell, point- I'll tell you, Mark, it's, it's, if you go, I've got, I've got a website, dot. Uh, and the book can be ordered there. Even easier. And, of course, if they go there as well, no doubt they'll get some more information about this. You and I are going to be heading to what is the City of Football, um, and there's a club there called Greenwood Meadows FC, and it's a it's a young up-and-coming uh, club that wants to do lots of things in the community, do loads of different football stuff, and not just about the city of Nottingham. And, they, and, and you and I are going up there, um, presumably with a translator, uh, on the 18th of March, <laughs> to do a Q&A, um, and uh, I can't believe it, would be great fun, and, and, and if anyone was to come along there, all you got to do is go to www.twitter.com forward slash Greenwood Magpie. If you go to that website, it will give you all the details about picking up tickets to go along and hear a gentleman who knows football inside out and up and down, and I'm delighted to say that John Sitton managed to pull over for 20-odd minutes and have a chat with us this evening. And I look forward to seeing you in Nottingham on the 18th of March, John. Thanks so much indeed for your time. You're welcome, mate. No worries at all. Looking forward to the 18th. Yeah, Lovely, be mate. Yeah. It'll be a good night out. And that was, I hope for you lot, a good podcast in. We were the Whistleblowers. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at the whistleblowers.net. When it comes to a software vendor audit, you need to park the bus. Call 0203-817-4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Sports Social Podcast Network.